0: Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 420 Cross-Cultural Psychology with Professor Mark Harner. I hope you listen and enjoy. Welcome to Unit 7. We're going to talk about culture and social behavior and culture and organizations. Let's first look at culture and social behavior and how culture influences and how we perceive people. So when we perceive another person our perceptions are based off the um, off our culture and the ideas of like ideas of what is attractive in our culture personality traits how are they uh, appreciated or evaluated how do we recognize and how do we treat other people so all these things have an impact in how we perceive another person whether within our culture or within are between cultures. So um, all cultures have an ability to recognize faces, but we um, we're probably better at recognizing the differences in faces of people within our own culture, and may have difficulty finding differences between people from a different culture. Um, and so, the um, we tend to. Uh, base this off of really our attitudes toward the people, maybe how difficult we think it is to try to memorize different faces, and maybe just our past experiences. Our Attributions is really the inferences that people make about the causes of events or behavior of their own or others. So um, what do we think of the reasons people act the way they do? And it allows us to explain things, to put things in order, try to make sense of the world. So internal in- attributions are, we specify that the cause of behavior comes within the person. This is known as a dispositional attribution. It, it comes from within. An external attribution is locates the cause of behavior outside of a person or refer to as a situational attribution now we make errors in this we call this a fundamental attribution error that we explain the behaviors of others using internal attributions but it, using external attributions to explain our own behavior so for example if you were late coming in to work or something you would probably you know a lot of people would say it was the traffic or my alarm didn't go off or something the whole uh, reason that you didn't make it on time to work was because of something out of your control rather than you didn't get up early enough you took too long to get ready and things like that so where we um, were much more likely to give ourselves a break on the reasons we don't we don't do something than we do others um, so And we tend to be more self-serving. So we attribute good deeds, things that we do, or successes to more internal attributes, but bad deeds really to external. So if we do something good, we tend to think it's because of who we are. We do something bad is because something happened to us. Every culture has mate selection. And so they tend to fall, And while there are differences within cultures, the females tend to value the financial uh, prospects, the ambition of the husband, Uh, tend to value older men. Men tend to value younger uh, women with no previous sexual experiences. Um, But our culture influences the mate selection. And so that can have a big role about whether those traits I just mentioned are valued or not. Uh, every culture um, has um, you know, this idea of mate poaching where you're trying to track someone who's also uh, romantically involved married or in a relationship with someone else. Um, uh, countries with higher economic status tend to have higher rates of mate poaching than those with lower economic status. Marriage is the the institutionalized relationship that recognizes the long-term commitment made by two people. And so um, differences in cultures can be found in how the formation of romantic cultures and what's the role of love. And for our Western cultures, we think, well, it's based off of love. But for parts of the world, um, arranged marriages are the norm where the parents will bring a couple together and um, it's uh, alliance between two families and so what uh, we may think well that would seem you know it was not based off love but uh, research has shown that actually the divorce rate among those marriages are lower than the uh, the divorce rate of couples that are based just on love How do we deal with, Groups outside of our culture. We refer to those as in groups and out groups. Um, in groups are things that we have a history of shared experiences and anticipatory future. And it could be your family, but it could also be your church or, you know, your uh, city or, or whatever organ culture that you're belonging to. Out groups are people who are just, again, outside of those don't have those qualities or outside those boundaries. Um, The um, group entity is the perception of groups as real entities and not just collections of individuals where you're not just saying they, but you're recognizing that people are actually a part of a whole group of of, um, that a group is made up of unique individuals and not everybody shares that same uh, capacity or that sh- that same values that maybe you, you think they do. We have a tendency to favor those within our in-group. Um, we have, uh, you know, this has been highest in cultures of with demanding climates being, you know, the four seasons, but low income, so if they have to work together to get through the year. Uh, lowest in countries with demanding climates and um, high income. So if you've got the resources to get through the, cl- the different seasons of the year, then uh, you're not as reliant upon the others within your group. Um, some of these ways are expressed through our patriotism, uh, nepotism, you know, bringing in family members, familism. Um, and so some cultures, this is the norm that, you know, you provide a job for someone within your family or within group. For other cultures, that's seen uh, seems inappropriate. Um, unfortunately, we all have stereotypes of others, and that really is just a sh- way that we tend to take shortcuts in our thinking about how people are. And um, so, um, usually people who are from smaller nations have more negative stereotypes about larger nations and vice versa. And so, um, someone from a small country in South America would tend to have more of a negative view of uh, the United States, the United States has of that country because we tend not to think about that country as much. Um, so the, um, we fear that, um, so those have influences within us and and really has the, the differences between how we behave within our group and how we treat others outside our group. Ethnocentrism is looking at the world through your own cultural values. For example, you know, thinking that the world has the same values that we have in the United States. Well, most of the world doesn't. And um, and prejudice is the idea that we may be prejudging a group based off of their membership of a group, in a group, and we tend to think of, of um, how they act and how they think. They're saying that all people in this group act this way. And um, it can either be explicit through what we say, what we do. It could be implicit by our actions or values, things that we don't speak of, but we don't do to to change. Um, Discrimination is really how we treat other people, um, their behaviors toward other people. Prejudice is really how we think and feel about someone. Discrimination is how we behave towards someone. Um, Sometimes within a culture, there can be an institutional discrimination. We've seen this with um, schools and organizations not allowing people from certain certain racial, cultural groups, entry or, or different institutions that say, we're not gonna allow these people to be a part of this group, um, we tend to shortcut the, you know, racism and, and um, sexism and things like that. We tend to refer to as the isms. Um, that can have, a, of course, a negative effect on those that are affected by that, that they're not uh, being allowed to have um, access to these uh, values or these uh, resources, and it can lead to depression and anxiety disorder. Culturation, and we talked about this early on, is the idea of which we adopt a different cultural system. And so, um, and this revolves not just uh, doing something the way that they do in the culture, but thinking the way and speaking, thinking about how our new cultural environment, uh, what are the norms, what are the beliefs, what are the attitudes toward that. Um, so, everybody has. An experience of what it's like uh, to um, to engage in a new culture. How does it, you know, fit with what you're going through? Um, one of the last area here that we're talking about is how this works with work in organizations, and the sort of the gold standard is Hofstede's uh, theory on uh, dimensions, and, uh, and we're going to talk about this now. Power distance is the degree to which different cultures encourage or maintain power and status between interactants. Meaning, is the boss way up here and the uh, worker way down here, or do they closer? Does there seem to be a great distance between them, or are they pretty close in their relationship? Uncertainty avoidance is the idea of how do you deal with uncertainty? And how do you deal with the stress of uncertainty? Is, um, is that something to be avoided at all costs or is it something that's just a part of life? And different cultures have different attitudes, more relaxed attitude or more, in, um, you know, that that's actually part of the job is just to try to eliminate uncertainty. Individualism, collectivism—we referred to this before—is which how much does an individual sacrifice their personal goals for the sake of the in-group? For individualistic societies such as the United States and Western Europe, we provide less sacrifice for the group and focus more on our own individual needs. Collectivist societies foster more compliance within, like the company rules, and exhibit more conformity to the group. So, for example, um, if you were working in a a job in a collectivist society, you may be unhappy with that job, but uh, you're willing to deal with that and maintain that job in order for what's best for society and what's best for your family and well-being rather than what you particularly want. Masculinity and femininity dimension is really, the measure of do they, how do they maintain differences between males and females and work-related values. Some cultures are high in this, um, you know, that there's a distinct uh, difference between males and females, and then some cultures are low on masculinity and femininity. A lot of the Scandinavian countries have um, more equal in the way that they view men and women in the workplace. And also, the long-term versus short-term operate, uh, orientation. And do we delay gratification? Do we always thinking ahead for the future, um, you know, that we're able to set aside our, our own needs for what's going to be best in the long run? Or do we tend to have more of a, let's just work for today and, and we'll worry about tomorrow, later? So, different cultures have different attitudes about work and organizations and the commitment that you have to that. Um, So, there's um, what degree do you have a commitment to your culture, to your in-group, to your workplace, you know, a variety of organizations that you belong to? And um, what are the feelings you have about that? You know, one could be committed to maintaining those relationships but not feel really close to it versus someone who actually has both a strong level of association and relationship with those groups. Um, In collectivist societies, more Asian, uh, Eastern, um, South American societies, African societies, um, work, colleagues, and organization, are really synonymous with who you are. You're part of them and they're a part of you. In individualistic societies such as the United States and Western Europe, we tend to think of ourselves as an individual and separating ourselves from work. We have our work self but then we leave work and we have our own relationships or individual with our family or, or however that works. Uh, so different societies, different cultures have different understanding of that. Um, how intertwined are you with the organizations that you have and your obligations for that. And that's reflected in the leadership style. Some leaders um, in American culture are much more decision makers. They're, um, they're the ones that are in charge. They're, um, you know, there's definitely a leader and there's definitely followers. In other cultures, leaders are not seen as necessarily dynamic or action oriented. And there's really, they may have the role of a leader, but uh, they're not necessarily leading with new goals and new ideas. But that seems to be more of a collected, uh, shared experience between those who are part of that group. Um, If you're in what we refer to as a high distance culture, Leaders tend to be autocratic. They're giving the orders, the directives and more paternalistic, you know, more authoritarian. And um, with lower power distant cultures, they tend to be participative and consensual. What do you all think we should do? versus this is what I think you should do. So um, managers who are in a, in a situation with high, Uncertainty avoidance um, usually are selected by the seniority. You know, they've been there the longest. You can count on them. They know the culture. Um, And, um, but low uncertainty avoidance cultures are willing to take a little bit more of a risk. Usually, they may select someone who's got less seniority, but maybe they've achieved more and maybe have a higher affinity for that job. How do you make decisions in an organization is also reflected in the culture. An oligarchy is really a structure where um, rules or decision making is held by a few. It could be you know the, the CEO and the board of directors and they're making the director and making the decisions for that organization. Um, but um, some cultures are really involved in more uh, consensus where you're asking around and you're not making a decision until everybody is on board with that, and everybody has an idea of what needs to be done within that uh, organization. So, um, of course, there's limitations on both of these sides. If If it's what we refer to as groupthink, it's this everybody kind of going in together that, um, you know, whatever the boss or whatever the leaders have decided to think. And, you know, they're often referred to as yes men or something along that, where they're, they're just going along versus team thinking, where you're allowing divergent views. You know, you're being challenged by uh, those within you. It doesn't mean that they're uh, opposing you, but they're giving, they're producing other ideas in which to consider and uh, understanding what the limitations. How does this decision affect others within the group? So those are group think versus team think are two ways to think about it. So um, if you've ever been assigned an overseas job or um, you know that understanding what the culture is there can be a difficult thing. You're going over and you're trying to understand uh, the language. How do they make assignments? the expectations of of that your role there, the being culture shock, the disorientation. Um, um, And then once you return back to your home, having that reverse culture shock, uh, you've forgotten what life was like at your home and then having to go through that culture shock again. So if you were to enter a new culture, you tend to go through this honeymoon period. If you're excited about all the things that are really going on and things. But then, as you stay more months in the society, you realize there's going to be problems. You're really not a part of that culture yet. And over time, you uh, hopefully, you'll get a part of acceptance of that culture. Um, You may not totally understand everything. You may not totally agree with everything, but you understand that this is the culture in which I live and I'm accepting it. When managers from other countries come to the United States or to your culture, uh, they have different understandings about how to handle disagreements, or how do they, um, you know, make decisions and things like that. So there can be issues for them, even though they may have a, a position of authority over you, they're still struggling with their home culture and bringing those ideas into this new workplace. Well, that concludes our lectures, and uh, thank you for being a part of this class, and I hope this has been beneficial to your understanding about the work of culture.